The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. I can still recall the day when Jesus saved my soul, when his blessed Holy Spirit came and took control. I trusted in his precious blood, my sin to atone, and I saw... But I want to talk to you. You know, have you ever had a crazy idea? All the women said, yeah, man, my husband's had some crazy ideas. I didn't ask about your husband. I asked about you. Have you ever had some crazy ideas? I th- I th- there's a story I heard years ago about the Long Ranger and Tonto, and I know I'm old. But most of you don't have a clue. How many here have no idea who the Lone Ranger and Tonto are? Raise your hand, please. Okay, well, you've heard of the Lone Ranger and Tonto, and if you didn't, you wouldn't raise your hand because you wouldn't want to know you didn't know. I understand all that. The Lone Ranger and Tonto were being pursued by a band of Indians. They went down to, off of the plain and down into a big white expanse there and stopped a minute. And Lone Ranger looks to the north and says, Tonto, there's a large band of Indians coming to us from the north. And he looked to the east and he said, Tonto, there's a large band of Indians coming from the east. He looked to his west and he said, there's a large band of Indians coming from the west. He looked to the south and he said, there's a large band of Indians coming. From, we're surrounded, Tonto. What are we going to do? And he says, what do you mean, we, white man? Crazy ideas, crazy ideas. I mean, sometimes we have some crazy ideas. Uh, a brother, Brad Jack Hiles at First Baptist Church in Hammond, had the idea of dressing people up in a devil's costume. That's that. We're talking about what the people think the devil looks like. That's the red outfit with the horns and the pig. And he had them spread all over town with signs that said, don't go to First Baptist Church. And I thought that was the most genius idea I've ever heard. I've Chris and I have worked it out where he's willing to wear the suit. Now, Moon's not been willing to wear the suit. Brother John was not willing to wear the suit. But for 20 years, I wanted to do this. And I didn't want to wear the suit. But I found somebody who wanted to wear the suit. Chris said, I'll be glad to wear the suit. I said, we'll get you a Red Devil's outfit. We'll put you out front here on the corner when it's busy in the wintertime. And we'll put you with that pitchfork. Well, it's cool. You know, it's cool. It's not 95 degrees. And we're going to have a little sign that says, do not go to Gospel Baptist. Don't go to the Gospel Baptist. I think that's a crazy idea. But I think it'll work. I think it'll work. Bus ministry, crazy idea. Buy a bunch of buses, old used buses the county don't want anymore. Put them together. Put some people in them. 95 degrees, no air, no seatbelt, no nothing. Have them go into neighborhoods and call up and down, pick up boys and girls and bring them to church. Maybe a crazy idea, but it works, doesn't it? People, people get saved through the bus ministry. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, the guy that came to me and told me that before I got married that two can live as cheap as one, that was a crazy idea. I'm still hunting for him. But uh, we're going through the Bible. I find a few occasions when God presents an idea to somebody there, and it just, if you step back a little bit, and you, and you put yourself in the, in the and I'm going to mention three of them specifically this morning. If you put yourself in these people's place, you would have to say, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And yet they obeyed and did what God wanted them to do. And you know what? God's going to do that to you. 
He's going to combine for Santa. Crazy idea. It's going to be crazy to you. But if it's God's will to do it, I'd suggest doing it. How about you? You're going to find out what these three guys found out, that when you obey the will of God, great and mighty things happen, which you know not. Why don't you know it? Because you think it was crazy. The first one I want to talk to you is about Noah. Let's take your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. I'll read a few verses just to preface it and then make a few comments, first person as if I was Noah, and kind of try to get in his head a little bit, get in his mind a little bit, get in his shoes a little bit, uh, if he heard this and what he would be like. And let's look in verse 13 of chapter 6 of Genesis. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence. Notice he didn't say homosexuality, immorality, greed, murder, or anything else. Violence is the end of all of that. Violence is the last step before you, you're rejected by God and be put into a place called hell. Violence. When violence filled the earth, and he said they filled the earth with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make Thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without, with pitch. And that's like tar. This is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Now, I'm going to assume a cubit's 18 inches. I think that new thing that, that uh, Ham built up there, I, I think he's probably got a little bit better science than I have, but for our sakes, we're just going to say 18 inches to the cubit. And the breadth of the 50 cubits and the height of the 30 cubits. And the window shall thou make uh, to the ark that was around the top of it. And the cubit shall thou, and that cubit 18 inches shall thou finish it above. So it had an air vent all the way around the top of 18 inches. The door of the ark shall set the side thereof with a lower second and third story shall thou make it. In other words, the, the door was of such that you could go to the first floor or you could go to the second floor or you could go to the third floor, it sounds like to me. And behold, I even I do bring a flood waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything uh, that is in the earth shall die. Now, let me say this, first of all, for you people that have been poisoned by evolution and believe that the people that live behind us were dumber than we are, or not as smart as we are, or not as apt as we are, you're wrong. Explain to me how the pyramid, Great Pyramid was built. Explain to me how a thousand uh, pyramids in Peru were put in there in stone. Explain to me how Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu was uh, put together up there on a, on a mountain uh, with, with the foundation and, the, and, and by the running water and sewer. Um, explain to me over and over and over again around the world some of the things we see. I can tell you one thing. Well, I just saw a two-hour show on some of, the, some of the structures in the world that still to this day... Uh, 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 bamfoozle, I don't know how to spell it, but I like the word. They bamfoozle the engineers. They just can't figure out. You never heard of bamfoozle? They, they, they confuse the engineers. They do not understand how in the world they cut those stones. And let, without diamond technology, without electricity, right? Without the modern... Uh, 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 earth-moving equipment, and, and, and yet 
I can tell you one thing. After I've watched a show on the Great Pyramid, and, I've, and there's a man, a Great Pyramid, when you start getting into the mathematics of the Great Pyramid, it's just spooky. In fact, the one guy I read, uh, the, the, the research, he was a mathematician, the research the Great Pyramid's measurements said it could not be made by man. That's what he said. It had to be supernatural. This is an unsaved guy. Of course, they think it's some, you know, some uh, time traveler or some some space guy came, but we know who we know who's over everything. I think who made the Great Pyramid was probably the Israelites, and uh, maybe God had something to do with guiding the way they made that, because God is the best mathematician out there. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, you can't explain those things. Those people before us were smart. Those people before us in the flood uh, were were intelligent. In fact, they said at the Tower of Babel. Anything those folks put their mind to doing, they can. anything they imagine to do, they can do it. You want to go to Mars? We'll go to Mars. You want to go to Jupiter? We'll go to Jupiter. You want to send them? They, they, anything that they looked at and put their mind to it, God said they'll, they will accomplish it because of their unity together. That's why Tower of Babel, he confused the language. He, he made the various major languages, and of course, you know, nothing divides more than language. I mean, if we had German folks in here that didn't speak English, they'd think I was up here babbling. If we had French folks in here that didn't speak English, they'd think I was babbling. I mean, one of the things that divides you immediately is you can't communicate one to another. That's why in my marriage counseling, I say so specifically, communication is important. Talk to each other. Don't sit there and get mad and have a, give her the silent treatment for three days. I can tell you from practice, that don't work too well. Let me, let me think about Noah for a second. He was just told that what I just read there. I mean, I think Noah, let me say to God, let me see if I got this right. You're, you want me to make an ark. The word ark means box. Uh, well, exactly what, you said something about a flood. Now, it's never rained. It's, we, we don't know even what a flood is, I've never seen a flood, I've never heard of a flood, because I believe at this point in history it never had rain. He mentioned to Noah something that had never happened in Noah's lifetime. Uh, the world, God, you know, the world's a pretty big place. You said you were going to flood the whole world, not a local flood, not, not a flood in a valley, but you're going to flood the whole world. Now, the whole world is big, and you're going to kill everybody that has breath? In fact, you're killing not just every person. You're going to kill everything that has breath? Uh, God, do you, let, me, let me see if I review the measurements a little bit. You want me and, and my kids to build something that's 450 feet long? It is 75 feet wide? And it is 45 feet high. Now, let's just if you take a cubit as an 18-inch 18 18-inch 18 cubit. And, and you want me to make that out of wood? God, that's a lot of trees. My boys and I, now, we're not that many of us. Our boys and I, now, we, we, what will the EPA say? I mean, you had tree huggers back then. I'm sure of it. And I mean, they don't want to cut down that many. Gopher trees, now that's cypress trees. Gopher trees, they, you know, nobody wants you to kill a cypress tree. 
We're going to, how am I going to get permitted for that? They got to go in there to the zoning committee, and I'm going to say, now I want to build a box, and it's going to be 450 feet by 75 feet by 45 feet. What's it for? Well, I knew you were going to ask that. Well, there's going to come a flood on the earth. How's that going to come? Well, it's going to rain. Well, what's rain? Okay, you don't need to know any of that. It's going to rain. There's going to be a flood. Water's going to rise over every mountain, and everything that has breath is going to die. How believable is that? How believable is that message that he was told to tell his world? Never had seen rain. Never had seen a flood. Had a, had a, a boat built, a boat which isn't just your average size. Hello? And you're going to have three stories in it. Oh, oh by the way, he told me that we're going to gather two of every animal, seven of the sacrificial animals, and two of the non-sacrificial animals, and that's going to include the carnivorous animals and the non-carnivorous animals. And when you, doctor, when you mix carnivorous and non-carnivorous, what happens? You end up with carnivorous because the carnivorous eat the non-carnivorous, right? I mean, your your sheep, your 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 grazing sheep, they can. That's good. I'm good with bringing sheep in here. I'm good with bringing cows in here. I'm good with bringing. But when you start bringing leopards and lions and tigers, they eat a lot. And what do they eat? They eat meat. And these are these sheep and these other things you want me to bring. And God says, "Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to bring them in. You don't have to bring them in. You open the door. I'll bring them in two by two and seven by seven. I'll do that." Now imagine the unbelievableness of what he just was told. You ever, have you ever meditated on that? You need to meditate a little bit on that. Uh, let me give you some of the problems that may have gone through his mind. He said, uh, uh, what am I going to tell my father-in-law? That's one of the big three, by the way, in-laws. They soon become outlaws if you're not careful. What am I going to tell my wife's Daddy, when I say to him, I'm going to build a box 450 feet by 75 feet by 45 feet, going to have an 18-inch gap around the top of it. We're going to bring two of every animal non-sacrificial and seven of every animal that's sacrificial. Oh, by the way, God's going to bring them in. And it's going to take me, as far as I can tell, 100 years to do this. And in those 100 years, I'm going to preach to everybody there's a flood coming. What's that? There's a flood coming. How are we going to get it? It's going to rain. What's that? It's going to rain. There's going to be something you've never heard of and never seen come. It's going to fill the water. Water's going to rise above everything. Everything with breath going to die. The whole world, not just here, whole world. This boat, whoever's in this boat, is going, whoever's in this ark is going to live. Whoever's not in the ark going to die. You're welcome to come in the ark. Why don't you come in the ark with me? There's plenty of room. You nutcase, I ain't going in there. I never had any rain. And not only just to prove that, but he had to preach that for, the Bible says about 120 years, no one preached, it was a preacher of righteousness. 120 some odd years, this boy was told by God to make a fool of himself. Now, I'm going to talk to you about, he was making a fool of himself. To the world, he was making a fool of himself. But he was doing it in simple obedience to God, who said, go do this, I want you to go do this. Makes the bus ministry look easy, right, Tom? People say, why, 
Tom Gillespie, a, a, a doctor, uh, how in the world as dignified as you are, the education you got, you out there in a sweaty bus picking boys and girls up? Because God said so. I'm not the judge of God's ideas. I'm just supposed to obey his ideas. So Noah, he has to go sell this to his wife. Okay, Noah, I'm with you. Did better, worse, death to us, richer, poor, sickness and health, death to us, part. But I never said something about crazy. But no, personally, I think you're just crazy, but nevertheless. But you go tell my dad, I'm not going to tell him. And so he has to go tell his father-in-law. He has to go tell the boys, the boys uh, uh, father-in-laws. And he has to go tell everyone. And, and by the way, how many were saved? Bible quiz. Eight. According to the books, according to the math, according to the people who are smarter than I, in a book called Genesis, written by Whitcomb as well as Henry Morris, says there's possibly 25 billion people in existence. The Bible says because there was no ocean, per se, at that time. Their landmass was one landmass. Also, if it's true that the canopy theory, they believe that the water uh, did not rain, it came up as dew in the morning and watered everything. It was like a cloud canopy, also blocking the ultraviolet light, consequently contributing to the longevity of those people, which was about eight, 900 years on an average, a Methuselah living the longest we know of, 969 years. And so they lived a long time, possibly from the lack of ultraviolet light blocked by the clouds and the rain. I don't know why. I can't know the science of all this. People have conjectured all through this thing, but they lived a long time. And so living a long time, you gain a lot of wisdom, but if you're evil, you also get real evil, real evil. Imagine, imagine a godfather 900 years old. Yeah. Violence filled the earth. Noah, crazy Noah. I bet he was known by crazy Noah. That crazy preacher over there, you believe he told us we're all going to die. He is as nut as a fruitcake. It's been 120 years, and nothing has happened. Not a drop of rain, no flood. He's built that big boat. He spent all of his money. By the way, he had to use his IRA to do it. He had to cash in everything he had. Let me tell you, it can't be cheap cutting all them trees down, hauling them and lumbering and milling them and putting them together and finding all that tar and that pitch. You're talking about when I think about building the ark, I think of one thing, work, 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 hauling that stuff, placing that stuff, building that stuff, putting that stuff together. Anybody that's building anything knows that would be a job of monumental proportions to a 1,000 men. As far as I can tell, they had eight total, and a part of them were women. They build it. God says, get in. He says, get in. He says, you're done preaching. Get in. Noah takes his, he had gathered wheat, he had gathered corn, he had gathered chicken, he had gathered everything in all those three stories, and it was plenty big to hold everybody, and God brought these animals, started coming out of the woods, and started coming in, just marching up, going to their places. It was, a, it was a miracle, no doubt. And it was stunning. People were watching, wondering what was going on. Look at these animals. And, and, and it's amazing to me that more didn't get saved after they saw that stuff. After they saw the animals coming, after they saw, and, and, and after he, he said, I'm getting in, we're leaving, it's time. To, I'm amazed to me that the neighbors said, you know, 120 years you've been preaching this, I think I'm going to get in there. What have you got to lose? But I preach Christ, 
and tell you that you can be saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works that any man should boast. And I tell you that by simple faith in Jesus Christ, you can have all your sins forgiven and go to heaven and people look at me like I'm Noah. The Bible said, God closed the door. Noah didn't close the door. The Bible says, God closed the door. And you know what? There's going to be a closing of the door for every human being that ever lived on Jesus. They've had the opportunity to be saved. They've heard it. They've heard it. They thought that's the craziest thing in the world. I don't need that. Maybe I'll get it before I die. But there was people that were around that around that ark. There were people around that knew Noah. They're sure there was people that heard that was going on, maybe traveled from far. Because right now there's one they rebuild up there, and I believe it is in Kentucky. And people are going up there paying $40 a piece just to tour this thing. I mean, it's a massive wood structure that he built up there. can't have $102 million. I don't know if it cost Noah that much, but it had to cost a lot of money. It had to cost a lot of labor. They put that thing together, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable to look at, and yet they didn't get in. The Bible says God came down with rain. He shut it. At first, they probably thought, well, I've never seen rain. This water's coming out of the air. This is a strange thing, but it'll pass. 40 days and 40 nights, it didn't pass. It didn't pass. The waters came up. Imagine, as the waters came up around that old ark, and people grabbed a hold of that wood and started knocking and screaming. Remember, the 45 feet up, there was an 18-inch hole. They can hear. And they heard them people begging for help. Crazy idea, Noah. You're not crazy now. And the people who by faith trusted Christ as their personal Savior, and they believed that they indeed had sinned against God and believed God's word when it came by them. Uh, we may be considered crazy now. But when the rains come and the floods come, we won't be crazy. When you die and stand before Jesus Christ who died for you on the cross and he has you to answer for your own sin when you could have had him answer for your sin, who was crazy then? Who's crazy then? The second crazy idea was Jonah. Jonah chapter, you can turn to the book of Jonah, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Jobadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, you can find it in the Minor Prophets. Jonah now the word of the Lord came to the son of Jonah, Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. I got a feeling Jonah said, Do what? Do what? Cry against Nineveh? Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. It was the superpower of their day. Nineveh was simply the superpower of their day. Their god was Ishtar, the queen of heaven. They were idolatrous. They worshipped gold and silver and stone and, and creatures and, and specifically Ishtar. The, by the way, the queen of heaven, I want you to get that. There's a church today that calls Mary the queen of heaven. And so... They worship the queen of heaven, and they, they believe that. And so he's, he's got to, i got to give it to it. I mean, you know, don't be too hard on Jonah. Jonah heard this, and he had to shake his head and say, this has got to be a crazy idea, God. Come on, go to the capital city of the Assyrians. 
These are, by the way, historically we know the Syrians are one of the most ruthless, violent group of people ever to exist. And so going to the Ninevites and saying, you know, God's going to destroy your whole city because of your wickedness. It was an eight-word sermon. That was just because he was mad. No Baptist preacher ever preached an eight-word sermon was right. No, 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 Nineveh. No, uh, you know, Jonah wasn't right with anybody. You know the story. You people who don't, I'm sorry. I can't have no time to go in it. But, you know, he got, he got uh, you know, belly of a whale for three days and three nights. Uh, very likely he died and maybe was resurrected in that belly. I don't know, but I can tell you this. He got spit out. He didn't look the same. And when Jonah got spit out, something about him got the attention of the Ninevites. The Bible says it was a three-day journey to walk through the city. So he walked three days. He probably walked slow. Maybe he walked fast, but three-day three day walk. He walked through the city from one side to the other, and he preached eight days, God, 40 days, God's going to destroy the city. 40 days, God's going to destroy the city. going to destroy the city. God's going to destroy the city. God's going to destroy the city. Imagine, imagine him going, you, are you a, you know, think of God's man. Jonah, he was a little tough to convince him, but he got convinced in the belly of that whale, maybe he ought to do God's will. And he did God's will, and by the, there is no greater revival ever recorded in the history of mankind than the revival of Assyria and the Ninevites. The Bible says they got right from the head guy all the way down to the lowest person in the city. The Bible says it got so wild that they put sackcloth on their animals in repentance and they humbled themselves before God as wicked and violent and idolatrous and God in his mercy saved them. About another 150 years they got to exist. I'm hoping that for America. Because there's only one way in the world that America is going to last is that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. I believe in voting. I'm going to vote. I think a no vote is a vote. Some of you self-righteous folks out there, Pharisees, aren't going to vote. You're going to just vote to condemn us. You don't like that? Fine, go somewhere you do like it. But I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not not politics. God made this system. He gave it to us, and you can vote. You ought to vote. In fact, if you thank God I'm as your president. If I was your president, you wouldn't get to vote unless you own property and own to have a driver's license. You say, brother, what's that got to do with it? Well, I'm talking about crazy ideas. Noah, you had to be like, come on, God. Jonah? What in the world are you going to, they will skin me alive. They will hang me up and skin me alive, God. He said, don't do it. Go do it. And he was willing to do it, by the way. The third crazy, and I have to rush in through this, but the third crazy idea, I think, was with Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 10 to 11. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, you don't know how he looks. You don't. Know, you know how your wife, when you say something, your wife does this. Let me see if you can see my eyes. Wife will go. That there's no words spoken. She just goes. I, I, I've had mothers tell me. I've had mothers say to their daughter, "Don't give me. Don't roll your eyes on me now. Don't you roll your eyes. 
I got I just got a feeling Moses he, he he just was curious. He just was curious. He saw this bush burning in the desert and 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 it wasn't being consumed. He was just curious. And he goes up there out of curiosity and God says, "I'm the I am." And he humbled him. Take your shoes off the ground you're on is holy. And you, just in case you think Moses was some hero, uh he argued with God about the whole concept of going to Pharaoh and saying, Pharaoh, I want you to release two to three million of your prime workers, slaves, prime workers that are building your treasure cities, very well building your pyramids, that have all the knowledge to build all this stuff. Uh, you got to let them go. You got to let them go. Send them out here. Now, what does that leave? That leaves the sissified, overspoiled, prosperous Egyptians to mow their own lawns. And they don't like that. I have to get sweaty. I had a kid in this church one time tell me, it was about 12-year-old, I'm allergic to sweat. Oh, I wish he was my son. I wish he was my son. I would enjoy breaking him. Nobody's allergic to sweat. You just haven't sweat enough. You know the way you get over something is getting exposed to it, right? You get exposed to it. If you're allergic to dust, they give you dust. You're allergic to mites, they give you mites. So you're allergic to sweat, there's one cure. Work outside all day, every day. Pretty soon you'll, you'll be, I'm allergic to air conditioning, just like Nick. I don't want air conditioning. I love to suffer. So Moses I think he goes in there. Remember, Moses, the Bible says, spent first 40 years learning all the wisdom of the Egyptians. So he knew Pharaoh. He knew those sissified, overeducated, pompous, proud, uh, out of shape, uh, overfed, uh, underexercised, spoiled brats. He knew them. And he said, they may, they may not, you know, the, it, one thing they got is they ain't going to let them boys go. They ain't going to let nobody go. God ain't going to let me go. I recorded, and, and these are right out of the Bible, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, Moses gives five reasons why God made the wrong choice. So God comes to you in honor, and it's an honor when God comes to you and wants you to do something for him. Wow. God comes to you and says, I want you to do this. You give, you give him five excuses. I wouldn't have made it through my mom and dad the second one. I'd have been, I'd have been. he says, who am I? Who am I? I'm just out here in a shepherd, 40 years in the desert. I just, I'm a married old stinky old shepherd girl. I, no, 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 no. Who am I? Second thing in, in verse 13, he says, if I went, they would not know who you were because they don't know the I am. They don't even know your name. The third excuse was in 4.1 of Exodus. Nobody will believe this burning bush thing. They simply will not believe me. And God answers him for that. And verse 10, he says, I can't do public speaking. I stutter. I have a lisp. I have something wrong with my speech. They, and, and they're going to make fun of me. I'm not eloquent. And God answers that. The, the, third, the fifth one is in verse 13, he says, how about sending somebody else? Now, man, if you read through that and you come to the place, now you're talking to God Almighty, who just told you to take your shoes off because on the ground you're, talk, you're standing on is holy. He said, I am the I am. I'm the creator of all that is, the existent one, without a beginning or without an end. This is who he's talking to. And, and he gets up there and says, you know, God, 
I think you made a mistake because that's intimated in there. You got the wrong guy. You got the wrong guy. But what did he do? Now you could say from those five excuses that Moses thought this was a crazy idea. Go to Pharaoh and tell him to let everybody go, that they need to build everything and to serve them and to mow their lawns and to man their fast food places and do everything. Come on. Come on. We need those folks. He said, go do it. I'll be with you. But you know what I love about Noah? You know what I love about Jonah? You know what I love about Moses? As crazy as those ideas seem to them, they said, we believe you, God. And we believe, however big or however small we believe, we believe that we're going to, that if we do what you say, you're going to work it out. And did they? Noah saved his eight, he saved his immediate family and, and represented the entire world in a new population. Jonah? The Bible says that he saved 120,000 children that did not know the difference between their right hand and their left hand. What is that about? One and a half, two years old and under? Moses? He saved two to three million people from abject slavery to have freedom, to have their own land, and eventually the promised land, at least our children did, in the promised land, and to know God in an intimate way and to see the ten greatest miracles that have ever happened across the Red Sea on dry land and to see the Egyptians float up on the shore without lifting a finger, the greatest army in the world killed by God, and then be able to go to Mount Sinai and have the mountain light up with fire that did not consume the top of the mountain and to hear the very voice of God and to receive the Ten Commandments and to go to Kadesh Barnea and be allowed, if they would have, to go into the land and to conquer and eventually went in through Joshua, their children, and hit Jericho and... And, and the great, the city of the north and the city of the south, and to completely conquer those people which are unconquerable. Why? Because God said it, and they just did it. And I got to believe God is coming by every one of you, one way or another, and wants you to do something you're going to think is crazy. Let me encourage you by the example of these three folks. Playing the piano in front of a bunch of people, Chrissy? That's crazy. Playing organ? Crazy. Giving your testimony in front of a bunch of folks? Crazy. Being a bus captain, learn to drive a bus? Crazy. Going door to door? Crazy. Nursing home? Being in front of old folks? Crazy. Name something. And it may seem crazy, but if God moves you to do something, teach in Sunday school, wherever it is, let me tell you, God loves using people that feel that they are not up to it. In fact, God just about won't use anybody else. If you feel you can, you got you got abilities for public speaking, and that you are some sort of a gift to, to God, He'll never use you. But if you feel that you can't speak publicly and you stutter and you're not able to do anything you can't remember, you got a short-term memory loss or whatever, and you just can't do it, and it would, if anything good happened, it'd take God, he will take you and use you for his glory, and in the end of it all, you'll say, if anything good happened, it was because of God. That's the truth, isn't it? Why don't you say yes when God comes by? 
Father, help us today to understand this truth. Forgive us when we've prejudged you. Forgive us when we've relegated you just to, uh, that's just crazy. But help us to have a simple childlike faith that Noah had, a simple childlike faith Jonah had, a simple childlike faith Moses had. And I got to say, in all honesty, I don't think those three men would ever, their names would never have been known historically had they said no. Had they said no and not meant it, and I mean and meant it, and I'm not going to do the will of God, nobody would ever know who Noah was or Jonah ever was or Moses ever was. And those names are household terms anywhere the Bible is. In the majority of, of the earth, people know who those three people are. But they never would have had they not been willing to obey God. And there's so many other examples in the Bible of this. Father, help us today. There may be some here who God's speaking to. God's asked you to do something for him. He's clearly come by your house, and he wants you to maybe go to college, or he wants you to, to, to work in a ministry, or he wants you to, to, to participate in, in spreading his name at work. And you say, well, if I do that, they're all going to hate me. They're all going to relegate me into a corner. Uh, you won't be the first one that ever happened to. And you won't be the first one that had threatening circumstances that you didn't say, oh, well, I'm just going to obey anyway. Father, help them and bless the folks who are willing to risk it for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.